Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to how God's preached word affects every moment of our daily lives. This sermon was preached by Pastor Tim Barone at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. Well, good morning. Grace, peace, uh, grace and peace to each of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are beginning the season of Advent, even though our Advent candles doesn't seem to be uh, cooperating. It is Advent nonetheless, the first week of Advent. In Advent, we have kind of a dual focus where we look back and we anticipate the first coming of Jesus as a child, but we also look forward uh, to the second coming of Jesus. And so today, uh, we'll look at some of the teachings of Jesus about his own second coming and consider our own preparedness uh, for that time. Will you pray with me? Lord, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit uh, into our hearts now so that we can comprehend the words of Jesus and believe them and so be saved. And we pray in his name. Amen. Um, The reading from Matthew today uh, teaches us some kind of important things about the second coming of Jesus, the return of, of Jesus in glory uh, the first thing is that Jesus teaches us that the, his second coming is universal. Uh, he shows us that he is coming in power that everyone will see, everyone will experience this. There's no one who's going to be able to opt out of this experience, that his glory will be recognizable by everyone and everyone gets to participate. That's the first thing that we see from Jesus' teaching about this. The second is that there's a final judgment between uh, people. There's a judgment between the the wicked and the righteous. Uh, Jesus warns that two people will be working together and one will be taken away, just like in the time of the flood and the other left in peace. Uh, Two will be sleeping, one will be taken away and the other left in peace. There will be an instantaneous judgment between people between those who are with the Lord and those who are not. And then third, that it will be sudden and unexpected. Um, Jesus makes the analogy, he teaches us that it'll be like a thief coming in the middle of the night. And if you knew the thief was coming, you would set a trap, right? You would get ready. You would turn on your lights. You'd be prepared for that. But This thief uh, doesn't announce when he's coming, and so you just have to be ready. And so similarly, with the return of Jesus, we have to be always ready, always prepared. Um, And it's amazing if you just think, I expect Jesus to come tomorrow, how that changes your today, how it instantly changes your priorities and your thoughts. I expect Jesus to come tomorrow. Today, I have a question for us to consider, uh, and that's this. What does it look like for me to be ready for the return of Jesus? What, would it, what does that look like? I think this is what this text is kind of drawing us to consider. Are we ready? And what, what would it look like if I was ready? The first thing I, I think, um, two things, but the first thing is this. I have put the right weight on God's word in my life. There's a, the Hebrew word for glory is kavod. And one of the ways to understand kavod is weightiness. 
It's that it's a heavy part of your life. And so if something's going to budge, that's not it. Other, other things are going to budge around this thing. Um, kavod is this, this weightiness. What is the weightiest thing in your life? That thing that everything else uh, rotates around. That if two things knock into each other, the one will always win. We should have God's word as the weightiest thing in our lives. Uh, the heaviest thing. If, if two things are going to clash together, God's word doesn't move uh, the other thing moves. And so one thing for us to consider is our devotion to God's word. It's just a simple way of thinking about this. Um, do I have adequate time in my life to understand what Jesus is even saying to me? Do I give time to that? Do I give time over to that? And not only to understand it, but to meditate on this in my own life, to understand how it comes into my heart and into my life. And the teaching of Jesus, do I understand how it transforms my day-to-day -day living? Have I been busy interpreting all of my life by what he says? Or is that kind of a sidebar in my life? So, if we give the proper weight to Jesus' words, it becomes the heaviest thing in our lives. And the reason we would do that is because we fully expect to see Jesus anytime. We expect that we'll be seeing him face to face, and we want his teachings to have permeated through our lives. I would say what it doesn't look like, uh, or if we put the wrong weight on the word of God in our lives, it means that every other thing bumps out the word of God. There's every other priority, and the word of God is always pushed around. It's always pushed to the last place, or the second place at least. Um, it's getting a little colder outside here in Nebraska. Uh, I remember in Canada, it would get very cold, and you know, in the, the minus, minus 20, minus 30 range, and I had kind of an old joke with some of the older members of my congregation because we would joke, you know, the weather got so cold this week that only the elderly people could make it to church. <laughs> you know? And I remember there's these two ladies, uh, Helmi and Verna, and they would always come, always come to Bible class on Wednesday mornings, even if it was a blizzard outside. You know, they'd be in their 1973 Buick just coming down the road. And it was a picture of this faithfulness where not much pushed them off their devotion to God's word. Not much said, oh, it's just not worth it today. It's too difficult. It's too inconvenient. Or there's other priorities. Even their safety seemed to be kind of not a big as of a weighty issue in their life as to gathering to hear God's word. And it's kind of a beautiful example uh, to all of us. So often things push us off our devotion to God's word as if there's something more important we should do, as if there's something that's of higher priority. It happens to us all the time because of our sin and because of the era we live in. The question is, does anything get to bump us off our devotion to God's word? Jesus says, just like in the days of Noah, people were marrying 
People were getting on with their business. Uh, people were doing daily things, right? And, and the flood came and just absolutely changed everything, destroyed them all. They had no chance to change once it came. Uh, only Noah, who had attuned into God's word, was saved by faithfully doing what God had called him to do. And I think the problem that we have is we miscategorize this information from Jesus. Think of, put, it, put it in the situation of Noah. If Noah, who is called to build an ark, prepare for this devastating flood and get ready so that he would be saved, him and all his family and all who would come after him, if the rain started coming and he said, you know what, I just got too busy. I just, I had to get married. I had to prepare my ceremony. I had to finish my degree. And so I didn't tune into God's word. Do you see? In the face of something that's so universal and so powerful and so cataclysmic, all of those other things just don't matter as much. And a lot of times we miscategorize this information from Jesus to say, oh yeah, it's kind of like a nice prompt, a nice reminder. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not like that. This is the most important thing you could pay attention to. It's life or death. It's something that you must understand or there's disaster. That's the category of information Jesus puts this in. That we must pay attention to this or be destroyed, or be wiped out. It's that important. And so none of our um, kind of excuses are those things that would get in the way of paying attention to Jesus and his word and his kingdom will make any sense on the day that Jesus returns. And so do they make sense to you today? Right? Will you persist? Will we persist in going after other priorities today? That's the question I think that the text is bringing to us. To, today is the beginning of Advent where we uh, size up the return of Jesus. We think about it seriously again. We're preparing our hearts. Today is a good day to repent, friends. Today is a good day to change your priorities, to assign the right weight to God's word in your life and no longer allow it to be pushed around by every other devotion that might come along. Let's look at the example of Noah in the book of Hebrews. Uh, Noah comes up again as an example of his faith, and I wrote it here, I, I uh, put it on the screen here for us. You wanna read this with me? By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructing an ark for the saving of his household. Here's this example of faith that Jesus brings up. What did Noah do? He believed the word of God. And he allowed that belief to shape his habits, to shape his life, to shape his priorities. And this was the saving of his household. This is an example of faith for us as we look forward to the coming of Jesus and the, mag the magnitude of that event, we must prepare ourselves and be ready. The rest of this verse says, by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. 
In doing this, he showed who was in the wrong and who was in the right, and he became an heir of righteousness through Jesus. So the first thing, we, we want to assign the right weight to God's word in our lives continually and monitor that relationship. The second thing we should do as we're looking forward to Christ's return is to be excited about it. That when, when we're ready for Jesus to return, that we're eagerly looking forward to the return of Jesus. It's not something we're dreading. It's not something we're anxious about. We're eagerly looking forward to Jesus returning. A lot of times you ask people about this and they say, well, I want Jesus to come back, but just not yet. Because I have other things I want to do, I want to see. But we're misunderstanding the return of Jesus. When he comes back, that day is going to be so glorious. And the judgment of evil will be so wonderful And the restoration of all creation and the restoration of our sinful bodies will be so glorious that we won't care about the rest of all these things. We'll all fade away. Jesus is coming with true pleasure in his hands, with true glory, with true joy. And we should look forward to that more and more and more. Just before this, in verse 35 of uh, chapter 24... Uh, Jesus says this, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. We can be confident in the words of Jesus. We can be confident in his promises that all of these things that he has spoken will come to pass. Jesus says it's more likely that the the sun is going to go supernova then my words are going to change. Do you see that? It's more likely that this world's just going to be destroyed than his words are going to be destroyed. Jesus uses kind of the, the greatest things we could even imagine as humans, and he says, my words are greater. And when he's doing this, he's asking for your confidence. Right? Everything that he has said has been true. He predicted his death. It was true. He predicted his resurrection. It was true. He predicts his return. That is true as well. We can bank on these words from Jesus. We can hold them as absolutely true. And the second thing, uh, as we look forward to Christ's return, why should we look forward to it? First, we should be confident because of it. And then second, we should look forward to it because when Jesus comes, he comes with reward. And this is part of looking forward to the return of Jesus When Jesus comes back, everyone's going to rejoice who has loved his appearing. They'll receive the crown of righteousness and they'll share in that that being an heir of eternal life, that heir of righteousness as Noah was. Here's what it says just a few verses after our text from this morning in 24. It says, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. When Jesus returns, as he finds us doing as he has commanded and longing for his return and preparing for his return, the rewards that he brings are enormous. In fact, what master would say to his servant, now you get to look over my entire household? Here we have a picture of Jesus as super generous, super abundant for those who have held on in faith. What's their reward? They get set over all the possessions 
And this is exactly what the rest of the Bible says too, that we who are in Christ will become co-heirs of all creation when he returns. We won't want for anything anymore, and we'll have the status that only should belong to Jesus, the righteous king. We'll get to rule and reign with him. And so the more we look forward to that, the more we can see that in our imaginations, the easier it becomes to sacrifice now. The easier it becomes to set our priorities in order now. The easier it becomes to be at odds with the way this world thinks now. If you think about the time of Noah again, Noah was ridiculed. He was laughed at. He was hated. He was at odds with the world for most of his life. But then as soon as that flood came, he was at peace with God. It didn't matter if he was at odds with the world. The world was not at peace with God, but he was. This is the kind of attitude we want as well. We want to be ready for the return of Jesus. Because any suffering that we've experienced here... Any difficulty where we have been at odds with the people around us, at odds with the thinking of this world, all of that will be completely resolved when Jesus returns. That any cross he has laid on you in your life, any cross that you have been called to suffer and bear with, will be nothing compared to the glory that he has for you when he returns. And so we will gladly live at odds with the world now so that we can be at peace with God when he returns. Finally, why does Jesus want us to be ready? Jesus wants us to be ready and tuned into his words and tuned into his coming so that he can share this with us. He doesn't want to go into eternity and the life of the world to come without you. Because he loves you. And so he warns us, be ready. Be ready for my return. Will you pray with me? Uh, Lord Jesus, we look forward to the day that you return to this world. We pray, Lord, that as we enter this Advent season, that you would prepare our hearts. Help us to long more and more for your return. And put all of our earthly affairs in order for that day. Grant us uh, grace so that we can put the right weight on your words as we live in this life. We pray in the name of Jesus, our King. Amen.